the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we just want to apologize for technical difficulties we're having tonight. So please pray for us that we can uh, continue to get through the show without any additional struggles. Um, But we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer and counselor and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we're live in the studio. We've been away for the last two weeks, but we're back in the saddle tonight. Well, tonight we bring you part two in our new series on contending for the faith. We'll be talking about the five D's as it relates to our bodies being the holy temple of God. Oftentimes when we talk about the Old Testament temple as a holy, consecrated place where God dwells, we forget that these Old Testament principles have tremendous application for us today. Question, what are the biblical lessons we can learn from Old Testament temple and our bodies being the New Testament temple that God dwells in? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, are you there? Brother Gary, I'm here live and kicking in the name of Jesus. <laughs> uh, despite Amen. all of the attacks tonight um, by the enemy, but he is a defeated foe, and uh, he sure must hate this uh, program, but especially this series that we're getting ready to teach on. Yeah, so, God is getting ready yeah. to unleash on him, so he doesn't like it. That's so true. Well, we want to thank everybody out there in uh, Radio Land for joining us for Another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, uh, and we are glad to be, uh, you know, back uh, doing God's work with Contending for the Faith. We look forward to doing that every Saturday from 7 to 8. And as Brother Gary has said, we're talking about these five Ds as it relates to our body being the temple of God by which the Holy Spirit uh, wants to resign and... uh, also not only uh, have resident, but become president of our bodies. Now, uh, when we look at the uh, Old Testament temple uh, in terms of the high priest and the priest, there are many different lessons to learn. Uh, when uh, the high priest and the priest was living a righteous, pure holy life, uh, God blessed them and blessed their work and blessed the people. But when they were living a life of hypocrisy and uh, unholiness and unrighteousness, impurity, 
that uh, the Lord judged them, and he judged them severely, even to the point of death. Now, these lessons that we learned from the Old Testament, it was so serious that God is saying the same thing to us today regarding your bodies, that your body, as a Christian, is God's temple today. And he wants you uh, to uh, use your body for his glory, for his praise, for worship, for service. And if we are not doing that, we sit in judgment and sometimes can be deaf uh, because we're living lives of hypocrisy, too. God is very serious and equally serious about us living a holy, righteous, pure life with our bodies as being the temple of God today, by which God dwells. So we need to practice, without hypocrisy, living a holy, righteous life. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 3 and 16, Know you not that ye are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man, in the Greek is anyone, including even demons trying to invade, if anyone uh, defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now, notice those words there. If anyone defiles the temple. Now, this is the thing that the... Um, High priests, some of the high priests did, they defiled the temple, and God dropped them dead right in the temple. They had a rope around their ankle with bells uh, jingling, and the people could not go into the holies of holies where the high priests went uh, to uh, offer the sacrifices on behalf of the people. And if they weren't living a holy life, a righteous life, God dropped them dead, and when the people did not hear the bells ringing, they just dragged them out of the temple. Now, that's some very serious stuff. And yet, uh, we look at that, we study that in the Old Testament, we say, oh, that doesn't apply to me. <clears throat> My brothers and sisters, if you are thinking foolishly like that, you're going to be in a lot of trouble with the God by which you serve. Now, let me look at some things by way of review regarding this first D, because we're going to be talking about five Ds, and I'm going to try to cover the first one as a means of review, and the second one. The first D that we talked about was God wants to use our bodies as a place of dedication, as a place of dedication. Every day, we need to present our lives as a dedication to God our body, soul, spirit, and everything. And that's why this fits in so well with Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, Paul talked about, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, he uses the word holy again. These writers are constantly talking about living a holy life. And so many Christians are living unholy lives, and they wonder why they're having so many problems, problems with life, and especially problems with God. Now, when you uh, look at Romans 12, 1 and 2, you not only are to give your body 
to the Lord as a living sacrifice, and the problem with a living sacrifice, it has a tendency of jumping off the altar. And in the Old Testament, when they killed an animal, it stayed on the altar. You need to kill self. You need to crucify self. That's why Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. You know, that's what he said in uh, Galatians 2 and 20. You need to crucify your hands, your eyes, your tongue, your behavior, your attitude. Your attitude will determine your altitude, how high you go. But it also will determine your latitude, how low you go. You know, so uh, when we look at Romans 12 and then 2, it talks about, uh, uh, you know, your transformed mind. Your mind needs to be transformed from this world. And so uh, part of the body is the mind. So we need to dedicate ourselves like the priests God called upon the priests to do in the temple. They, they were to dedicate themselves, and the people uh, of Israel were to dedicate themselves. And God did not like people playing hypocrisy. That's the thing that made Jesus the most angriest, is hypocrisy. That's why you look at Matthew 25, and he went off on those people. Woe unto you, hypocrites. He says, hypocrites over and over. You appeared right, righteously outwardly, but inwardly you're full of dead man's bones. That's what he said about those people, the Pharisees, and all those self-righteous people like we have so many people like that today, even in our churches. Number two, number two. Uh, so, number one, our bodies ought to be given to God, the first D, with dedication, and the second D, our bodies are to be a place of devotion. Our bodies are to be a place of devotion. Now, if you are not getting these things down, these Ds, shame on you. You need to get these Ds down. That's what I tell my students at the seminary when I'm teaching. I said, if you don't get this information down, you're going to get a bad grade. you got to get this information down because it will save your life. Number two, our bodies is to be a place of devotion. Devotion how? As a living sacrifice. You know, you devote yourself to God as a living sacrifice daily on the altar of God. You know, you go boldly before the throne of grace and offer yourself as a living sacrifice, and you kill, you, you crucify the old flesh and... Uh, sinful desires, and you do like Paul says in Galatians 2 and 20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith the Son of God. So who loved me and gave himself. No, no. See, what Paul is saying is that he crucified the flesh, and the life that he lives in the flesh, he lives by faith. You know what? You can live in the flesh by the flesh, or you can live in the flesh by faith and trust, and obedience, and dedication, and the second D is devotion. Now, what does this thing, devotion, is all about? Now, make note of this. Make note of this. I tell my students that in the class. They say, Dr. Brayton, every time you say make note, we take that serious. Make note of this. In our bodies daily, we need to prostate it. Uh, in prayer, notice all of these P's. Prostate, that's a P, and another P, prayer, that's how we get into devotion. And then prostate it in number, another P, 
is practice. When we go into the presence of God, we are daily in his presence. Notice that with practice. And then another P, presence. Look at all these P's. Prostrate ourselves. One P in prayer. Another P, practice. Oh, you got to practice what you preach. And then in his presence daily, in the word, in prayer, in uh, devotion, because this, this second D is about devotion. You know, you just can't find victory unless you stand in devotion daily. you got to have that one-on-one with God. Get in the Word, get the Word into you, and that's knowing the mind of God. You know what? You just can't make it in this world not knowing God's thoughts. The Bible is about God's thoughts, and you need to be in harmony with his thoughts. Look at all these Ps. Prostate it in prayer. Prostate it in practice. Prostate it in his presence. Prostate it, another P, in praise. And prostate it in a place of worship and service. Oh, my friend, this is some good stuff. It's getting me excited. I'm getting spiritual goosebumps just sitting here preaching on it, you know? And uh, we said before, I said before that uh, unless you are in a state of prayer, you know, they used to call uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, they called him camel knees. Why? Why? Because he he stayed on his knees all the time in a prostate position, and he, he fulfilled all these P's. He was involved with prayer. He practiced prayer in God's presence, prostrate himself in praise, and uh, prostrate himself as a place of worship and service. And I said it last a uh, couple of weeks ago, and I say it again, that if your worship is not right, then your service is not right. That's the way God operated in the Old Testament. So if your body is not a body given to worship, just throw service out the window. It's not going to work, see? And that's why Jesus said when the enemy was attacking him in Matthew 4, Luke 4, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him alone shall thy serve. Jesus put worship before service. Did you notice that? And that's the way God looked at things. That's the way God, Jesus was thinking. It, get people into the worship thing first and then their service will be right. And when your service is right, then your time, talent, and treasures will be right. Now, I'm going to say this in conclusion. I told my students this in uh, the class uh, a a week ago. I told them, I said, there's three types of people in our churches today. And uh, I told them to buckle up, and you're going to hear something about three types of people. And the first one is those who just watch things happen. They're not involved with any of this stuff I'm talking about. They just watch things happen. They got a Ph.D. in watchology, lookology, observology. They just watch. And then there's the second group that just don't care if anything happens. <laughs> That's the way they are. And then you got the third person who make things happen. Make things happen. My question is to you, my friend, tonight, which one are you? Do you watch things happen? They just 
come to church and watch good praise and worship and oh that's a three point sermon right there. They just come and watch. They just look. They just observe. They don't do anything other than that. Now, I want to say this in conclusion, my friends. You got to repent of this pride. And we're going to ask you to pray with us with this prayer. Dear Lord, I confess my sins regarding my pride, trying to live a life independent of you. And I recognize these three R's. I recognize I'm a sinner. The second R, I repent of my sins. And the third R, I receive you as Savior and Lord of my life. Be Lord of my life. I forfeit trying to be Lord of my own life. And I want you to be Lord and King and ruler of my life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says regarding dedication to the Lord and devotion. The first two D's, I can't wait to get to the third D next week. Brother Gary. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So we want to encourage you tonight to give us a call. And speaking of prayer, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry over the many, many years. We can't thank you enough because this is a prayer-driven ministry. In addition to that, it is a listener-supported ministry. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And right now, we're running way behind. We're, uh, we're in need of $745 to be current. And we need you to step up to the plate and hit a home run for contending for the faith. It's so important that you are consistent in your prayers and consistent in giving. Uh, I know that summertime is here and people tend to take vacations, but please don't take a vacation from your giving and your support of ministries like this one and others. So vital, so critical for us to be able to continue to do the work that God has called us to do. Uh, In addition to that, we want to remind you that we have a podcast that you can listen to. If you simply go to kfax.com and look up at the top, under Contending for the Faith, and you'll be able to access all the many, many episodes and different series and topics that we have been doing over these years. So it's a great resource. We want to encourage you uh, to take advantage of that, tell others about it. But in addition to that, it costs us as well. So we really need your help to continue to do what we need to do. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. It's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. 
that's contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We want to encourage you tonight, really need you to step up to the plate and help us out so that we can retire this debt and get current and beyond. So we want to encourage you, continue to pray for us, and as God has blessed you, continue to give to this ministry. Dr. Buckner, are you there? I am here and ready to go. So I understand, Dr. Buckner, you're a little bit older than you were the last time you were on the air. (laughs) That's right. That's right. A little bit older. And uh, praise the Lord for that. And uh, also uh, another year in uh, um, marriage as well. And hit that uh, golden year, 50 years. That golden year. Congratulations. And and what a a wonderful, awesome time we had. And uh, all of the Continuing for the Faith staff was together, including Vince. And, uh, you know, we just had a glorious time. And Brother Gary brought a... Uh, encouraging and dynamic word in the Lord, and just so many awesome things and good food. So we just had a a wonderful time, and we are still rejoicing over that, Brother Gary. Yes, it was a great time and uh, a blessed time. And and we thank everybody that was able to come out that night and uh, participate with so many wonderful uh, aspects with uh, several uh, professional singers. We had a someone do a, a praise mime uh, song, and it was just wonderful. It was really a great, great time in the Lord. So, Oh, yeah, Our- and then also uh, we're rejoicing today uh, over being great-grandparents. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Our, uh, yeah, yeah. So our uh, oldest daughter, her son, and uh, they, they had their uh, little baby girl. She was eight pounds, and uh, Oakley. And we are so excited about that, that miracle. And, uh, you know, and the mother name is, uh, first name is Taylor. And uh, my mother's last name is Aurelia Taylor. And today is my mother's birthday. Uh, She turned 95 today. And we are rejoicing over uh, the miracle of my mother uh, being uh, 95 years of age. And this miracle of this little baby coming into the world and everything went smooth and well. So continue to keep them in prayer. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, uh, we need all the prayers we can get around uh, the family and uh, the ministry here. As Brother Gary said, uh, we need uh, people to step up with this amount that is, uh, we need to catch up on, uh, 745. And we know that we have a core group of people that love this program. And when they hear the need of, uh, you know, that debt, they step up to the plate and and take care of it because they don't want to see this dynamic ministry go off the air. So we appreciate you guys' prayers and support throughout the years. Uh, I always tell Gary God has given us a core group of faithful prayer warriors and support us financially, and we thank you all for that. All right. Are we ready to go to the first caller? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. Sophia, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. How wonderful. No wonder Satan was acting up. That testimony was so fabulous, he did not want us to hear it, because we're all wondering what, what your wonderful time was like, and now we know. So 
sorry, Satan, you missed out. He got <laughs> out there Amen. after all. Amen, and, amen. And of course, the well, word of God, he thinks he could stop it, forget it, forget it, you're a loser. Now, I'm so amen. excited. That was wonderful testimony. Now, let me get right Thank to you. my question. Oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm just so happy, but I don't want to go on with that because I go to this question. I'm wondering, like you talked about the priest with the bells, they have to drag him out with a rope, or Sapphire, I can never know, Sapphire and Ananias. And, you know, when they are struck dead for lying to the Holy Spirit. And then, in, you know, when, when the Lord strikes the, the Jews with Moses, you know, do these people, it's bad enough, don't get me wrong, but are they just struck, I don't mean are they just, but they're struck dead physically, or are they damned for eternity as well? Well, um, it would, uh, yeah, some of them were judged eternally, those who, uh, you know, weren't believers, but mm-hmm. those who were believers uh, in the, uh, like, for instance, in the New Testament, uh, let me give you some examples. So you mentioned Ananias and Sapphira. Right. Uh, let me kind of, like, build on this, and then I'll kind of get to Ananias and Sapphira to kind of give you a better perspective of okay. your question. When you look at sometime First John 5 and 16, First John 5 and 16, it says uh, what John is doing, he's writing to believers. The Bible is always uh, a book to believers, and uh-huh. he mentioned over and over brethren. That's referring to uh, those who are believers. And he told them that there is a sin unto death in First John 5 and 16. He let them know there's a sin unto death. Now, what is that sin unto death? I believe that that sin unto death is when a believer is in rebellion uh-huh. and they refuse to uh, do what the Lord calls them to do, and they are a genuine believer. What God will do is uh, allow the body to be judged and destroyed that he may save the soul. A good example of this uh, would be... Um, First Corinthians chapter um, chapter five, and if you look at that uh, in First Corinthians chapter five, you have a believer uh, that's having a relationship uh, with his uh, father's uh, wife. Apparently, the father got remarried, and uh, she probably was a younger woman, and he was gone, and then he decided to engage with her, and they and, and so they. He ended up, uh, I guess the church ended up writing a letter to Paul. Uh-huh. And when they wrote the letter to Paul, he said, this sin is, the pagans don't even practice that. So uh-huh. in First Corinthians, Corinthians 5 and verse um, 5, it says, um, well, let me look at verse 4 first. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver, now listen to this carefully, verse 5, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So that's a real clear verse of Scripture on a, uh, a believer that's gotten away from God, and if they don't repent, they continue to live in uh, away from God, and they're a genuine believer, God will destroy the body that he may save the spirit. And that's very clear there 
So getting back to First um, John 5 and 16, a sin unto death, well, what is that sin unto death? We, hear, we have one example here. We have another example with Ananias and Sapphira. They were believers, and God cut their lives short. And then we have another example in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, because uh, Paul says when they were uh, abusing the Lord's Supper, and they were getting drunk, and drunk as a skunk, and the Lord, uh, through Paul, warned them that uh, they need to judge themselves uh, lest they be judged. That's, he makes that very clear in First Corinthians chapter 11, and uh, we see in verse uh, 30, 30, let me say, read verse 29, For he that eateth and drinketh un- unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And if we, and if we ju- would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So we see that the sin unto death is um, this person practicing fornication, adultery, and the Lord cut his life short. And then we see in First uh, Corinthians chapter eleven. They weren't judging themselves, and God judged them and said many amongst them uh, were uh, sick and others were weak, and then some of them fell to sleep. To fell to sleep means that the Lord just um, took them out, took them out. So, uh, yeah, so when he says, First Corinthians 5, deliver such a one over the Satan for the destruction of the body, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. He's simply saying, I'm going to take the body out that I may uh, save the, the spirit. So it's a real lesson for all of us who are listening tonight on this good question. Don't take the Lord for granted. You know, if you're living a sinful life, no matter what it is, you better repent of that because uh, you look at these examples of Ananias, Sapphira, and, uh, and look at... Uh, this person in First Corinthians chapter five, and the good thing is that, and you get into Second Corinthians, he ended up repenting, and his life was reserved. And so, but and God will will do that with anybody who repents. So hopefully that gives some insight. Uh, these are some good scriptures that relates to your question, and hopefully that's uh, getting enlighten you more on the question. Hey Doc, we need to take a break. Okay. Our phone lines are open. You can give us a call. Don't be shy. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And once again, we just want to appreciate everyone who's been uh, praying for our ministry, praying right now, I hope, over all these technical difficulties we've been experiencing tonight. You know, but we know that God's word is going to go forth and not return void. And we know the enemy has been working overtime to stop this program tonight, but it will not be stopped in God's purposes shall prevail. And we know that for a fact. So we thank you for your constant prayers. We thank you also for your giving, for for being faithful to this ministry. Right now, we are in 
dire need. We need $745 to be caught up. And so we're just trusting God that he will move upon the hearts of folks tonight through prayer and through giving. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. You can just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, you remember uh, I asked for prayer for my cousin a couple weeks ago? Yes, I remember you mentioning that. that. Yes, uh, I just want to say thank you to to the listening audience for praying. Uh, He came through the surgery with flying colors. He's back home. He had the surgery, and um, it's just an amazing thing. We, We just thank God for... Um, the, the many prayers, and we ask that you continue to pray. And uh, he's in recovery, but in you know trying to deal with manage that pain after the surgery. Sometimes that's that's a tough road to to travel, but he's doing good. And so I just covered your continued prayer. His name is Rudy Carpenter. Continue to pray for Rudy, and uh, we, I really appreciate it. All right, we have uh, Brother Rick on the line waiting to ask his question. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? Let me well, get we're truly blessed. Quick. Yes, we are truly blessed. Did Jesus ultimately break the Sabbath? Oh, that's a good uh, question. Uh, and a lot of the controversy around did he break the Sabbath. Um, <clears throat> there is a passage... Uh, in uh, First John, not First John, uh, John chapter five, and if you care to look at that in John chapter five, <clears throat> this is where people, uh, some people, say that Jesus uh, broke the Sabbath because in in John chapter five and verse sixteen and and seventeen, especially seventeen, it says in John five and seventeen, sixteen and seventeen. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now, the Greek word there for broken is not literally broken, but it's luo. It means loose. So what it says in the Greek is that he literally loosed the Sabbath restrictions because he's Lord of the Sabbath. He's God uh, over the Sabbath, and he uh, can do whatever he wants to do as being uh, Lord of the Sabbath. Now, um, the issue is here, uh, so let we straighten that out. Now, let's deal with another thing. Uh, did he keep it? Did he keep the Sabbath? Because one of the things that people oftentimes will ask me, did he keep the Sabbath? Well, uh, he 
temperate when it was necessary, but when he wanted to do good, he didn't keep it. Because, uh, and so in essence, long story short, is that no, he didn't keep it because he saw the need to minister to people and to do good. And the, and the law never did forbid uh, doing good on the Sabbath. That's why Jesus said to them on many occasions, if your ox were to fall into an, a hole, he told the religious leaders, what, what you going to do? Just let it uh, die or uh, that sort of thing? And they could not answer it. That's like uh, a Sabbatarian going to, uh, uh, to uh, their service, the church, and then all of a sudden they have a flat tire. What are they going to do? And they weigh out, and they got a spare. You think they're going to sit out there in the car, and then they don't have the AAA? No, they're going to you know, fix the tire. Jesus always did allow to good things to happen and people to do good things. That's why he even talked about David allowed his men to go in the temple and uh, to eat showbread on the Sabbath day. I mean, that was something that was absolutely a no-no because David was not a priest. Only the priests went into the temple to do that. But Jesus brought that up because to do good, these men were hungry. And this was like he allowed his disciples to go into the cornfield. Remember that? He allowed them to go into the cornfield because they were hungry. To do good on the Sabbath was not uh, violating the law. But the religious leaders, I call them the hounds of hell, and they hound Jesus until they got him in the grave. And But they still couldn't keep him in the grave because he had all power in his hands. And so they couldn't get him anymore because he was in heaven. So they came after the church, and they're still doing that today. And the persecution that we see today uh, with the left and a lot of the uh, crazy stuff going on today is similar stuff to what the early church went through. They they went through it, dealing with these people, persecuting them, and we're going through it today, those who are standing up for righteousness. And so uh, to do good uh, was never a violation of the law. But these religious leaders, they had 16 and 13 laws and they just added to them. They compound the laws and kept adding what they wanted to be in there. And Jesus just got to the point where he simply said, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to work every day. That, this is what it says. If you look at uh, John 5, say this in conclusion on this, look at John 5, and then you look at uh, verse uh, 17. But Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto, and I work. In other words, Jesus is saying, my father is working every day, not just the Sabbath day, but he's working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm one with him. I'm going to work every day, too, whether you like it or not. And they could not stand it because they had all of these traditions and regulations and rules. And we see people in some churches today and synagogues and uh, still holding to these traditions and rituals. And that's why Jesus said on one occasion, your tradition has made the Word of God to no effect. 
And then we see that happening. The, the, the traditions and rituals and the work of these churches is like person going to a restaurant. If we don't watch it, you can get so filled up on the delicacies that when the main course meal comes, you don't have no room for it. So hopefully, Brother Rick, that has given some additional insight uh, to your question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it basically just comes down to, are you doing good? That's and it. I mean, yes. rules and regulations get out of get in the way so many times of doing good. Yes. And yeah. then there are times where God's saying, I'm going to give you rest. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's really the spirit that he had. Yeah. And you know that when Paul talked in... Uh, Colossians chapter two, uh, he said, "The Sabbath, the Sabbath, the new moons, the festivals—all these things are a shadow, but not the substance." And I remember Walter Martin, my mentor, say this in conclusion on this. I remember my mentor Walter Martin. He gave an illustration of a, a guy going to the uh, a lady going to the airport, and. Uh, she was waiting for her fiance to get off the plane. And when he got off the plane, he was running towards her. She was running towards him. And the, the sun cast a shadow in front of her. And uh, he got so excited that he ended up falling down on kissing the shadow. Fell down on the shadow trying to kiss the shadow and knocked out some of his teeth. And this is the woman was looking at him like, why are you down there kissing the shadow? And I'm the substance. This is the thing that happens with uh, religions and false cults. And, you know, when the psalmist says, kiss the son, lest he be angry. You know, we're kissing the wrong person when it comes to uh, the Lord. We're kissing all this tradition and rituals and, you know, man-made stuff. And it's sending a lot of people straight to hell. But, Rick, that's a good question. Let's have a moment of prayer for you, my brother. And then we're going to turn it over to Brother Gary. You have any prayer requests in particular? Yeah, yeah thanks for your prayer for praying for my mother. She's talking right now. Pray for my cousin Stephen. He's dealing with diabetes. And a good praise report for his wife, Tracy. She's off narcotic medicine now. The doctors okay, were able to wean off narcotic medicine. All right. Well, let's Wonder. pray. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick's situation. We pray for his mother. And his, uh, Stephen as well, and we pray that you meet every need that's represented in his family, strengthen them, encourage them, and be with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Ben's our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.